we, when we, we love Jan and we've been blessed by Jan in, in this house. But I want you to receive her, not just as lovely Jan, not as my wife, but as a woman who carries a pro- prophetic gift. And uh, if you receive her in that, because she carries something from God, uh, and we can receive a bigger blessing if we receive someone in the right way. So, Well, oh, is this, I just want to say that this morning I felt the worship time was just for me. I hope you enjoyed it. But, and I heard God say, we're living the dream. Um, and it's very exciting, very, very exciting. So, um, I just want to pray, if that's okay, before we start, because I need all the help I can get, having not done this for at least 10 years. Um, anyway, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would come and minister to all of us deeply. Father, we long to know your peace in our hearts. And we just declare today release for captives here in this church, in all the churches and across the city of Glasgow. Release sight to blind eyes, hearing to deaf ears, and we want to declare the year of your favor, Lord. Holy Spirit, we just say again, we want you to come and overwhelm us this morning and help us through ourselves, I ask now in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, this is an exciting day and an exciting chapter that we find ourselves in church life. What I want to share today fits in um, with the messages that we've been hearing over recent weeks. And if this is your first time, first of all, I want to say a really warm welcome um, to you. But just to encourage that you might like to go online and hear some of the messages that have been coming over recent weeks. I have to tell you that I am the person that said wild horses would not drag me to the front of church and preach. The Holy Spirit's bigger, that's all I can say. And here we are, but anyway, enough of that. Um, So I just want to say a little bit about me. For those of you who don't know me, um, I am, first and foremost, I am a daughter, I'm a wife, and I'm a mum. Oh dear. It's a good thing to have your kids around, but sometimes it's not always so good. (laughs) Keep it coming, though. Um, So over my life, I've had strong ties with the NHS, both in my job and um, married to it. Um, Also in primary education. Um, In recent years, I've been working for an orthodontic practice on the south side of Glasgow, which has got to be the best place if you ever need your teeth straightened. That's where to go. Anyway, um, but now I am aligning myself very much um, with the prophetic pastor gifting that Father God's placed in me. I've had problems with that over the years. But this is the day, and this is our day. This is, this is Glasgow's day, actually. I'm not talking about today, today. I'm talking about the day that we live in. Um, and my goal today really is um, to h- help you hear a message that I have been learning and walking and still am. And I want you to go away today and just ask the Holy Spirit to help you with it. Um, it is big. Um, we timed it yesterday. That was a bit scary. But I'm just going to go, and um, it won't be the first time you hear this because this is something that God is really wanting to minister deeply to us and to co- us to come into freedom over. So I want to talk today about shifting atmospheres. And some of you will not have a clue what on earth I'm talking about. 
Um, but I pray that the Holy Spirit will arrest you and he really will help you with that. And some of you are going to know far more than I do about this. Um, and I just want to encourage you to keep mo- more moving forward on it. Um, this message is, is huge. It's necessary for where Father God is taking us and where he's taking this city. Um, and as I say, the messages are available at www.hopechurchglasgow.org. Is that right, Jill? Thank you. Um, so what God is really wanting us to do is help us connect the supernatural with the natural and to discern the atmospheres that surround us all the time. And then he wants to help us come into understanding, sight, and for us to learn how to rule over them rather than blindly giving up and living life under them. And it might help you if I share a little bit of my earlier journey, which is not all glorious, I have to tell you. Um, I've always been very aware that there was a heavenly realm, a spiritual realm, um, but I was also very wary of it. Um, The truth was I was scared and I stayed away. And my excuse was I had reserved it for extroverts, for braver folks, or just Christian flakes. Sorry. Um, So I've lived the majority of my life in my very Western comfort zone, um, which has dictated that only what I understand and rationalize is worthy of my trust, which means that Father God was not safe or not trustworthy. How arrogant does that sound? So a lot of my life I've spent feeling spiritually inferior, limited, or judgmental. And I've given no time or attention to anything that I didn't understand or I had no frame of reference for. I've I've partnered with fear and I have partnered with control for the vast part of my life because it felt safe. And when I use this phrase, partnered with, which my husband tells me I use a lot, I need to explain a little, it means that I've lined up with the feeling that I've been feeling, I've identified with it, I've let it own me, and then I've acted out my life agreeing with whatever that was. So when I say partner with, that's what I mean, okay? So, having said all of that, I've lived with this deep hunger inside myself, in that little place that only I knew about, for more of the presence of God. I have read in the Bible lots and lots of things about transformational power of people's lives. But all I've seen on the earth is people working really hard, getting really condemned and judged that they're not doing well. And it's left me really frustrated. Where is this transformational power? What is it? What's the missing ingredient? If all I've done for the last 30 years is devote myself to living a Christian life and I'm not seeing transformation in the world and the lives around me, there's something missing. So this hunger has kind of driven me somewhere. Um, And um, even when I've had some bad blows and some real hurts and disappointments, that very thing that God birthed in me has pressed me through my traumas and my hang-ups and lots of other things as well. Um, So what Holy Spirit wants me to do and has asked me to do and is asking all of us to do is to learn to discern, to understand and train something that the Holy Spirit wants me to see. And we've all been gifted by God to reflect something of his kingdom. But I don't know about you, I feel and have filled a lot of my life with whatever 
whatever the here and now is presented, be it family responsibilities, be it jobs, be it passions, be it great, exciting hobbies and things. But I've not always taken the time to ask Father God to, what he's doing and making myself join up with that. And our earthly culture these days, it really encourages us to pay more attention to areas that we're weak in, and we devote ourselves to correcting our weaknesses and becoming more acceptable for those of us that are around us. And gifted people, on the whole, tend to be hunted down and discredited for the results of their weaknesses and failings, and there's got to be something wrong with that. We belong to a heavenly dad, and his culture, it honors, it loves, it strengthens, it encourages. But we live in a world here and now that's critical, it's judgmental, it's self-protecting, it's preoccupated, and in the end, very isolating. So imagine that Father God would put you in a community where you can be fully known and accepted just as you are where you're freely able to accept others without fear of a threat, and you can be loved unconditionally with no agenda, and you can do that for others, where strength can be brought alongside you to defend you and protect you in your own weak spots, where you can live your life knowing that you're protected and supported, where you can rest in the knowledge that others will strengthen you, they'll willingly give themselves to cover and protect you in your weaknesses and in your vulnerabilities. I'm beginning to see a huge long-term dream coming into reality. I can't tell you how excited I am about it. And it's happening here. We're seeing impossible things turned around. And we're seeing it here, but there are things happening across the world in communities all across the world that are pushing beyond what we've lived in. It's causing me to push beyond what I understand and dig deeper. Um, and I'm sensing something in my inner man or my inner woman or whatever you want to call it, in my spirit man. And I'm aware of a fragrance. I can almost smell it. I'm, I'm, I am gifted with smelling and seeing and feeling. And, and it's like, I can smell something. And people look at me going, you are mad. And I used to be a sensible person. Or so I used to, I used to think, or I like to think. Um, anyway. So the result is that more and more that I get in touch with what the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm turning into this person I don't quite recognize. I used to think that I was really quiet and calm and self-controlled. And actually, I'm a bit of a nutter. <laughs> it's on tape now, so I can't take that one back. <laughs> anyway, so are you with me? Is this stirring something in you? So together, we're growing into something at last. And for those of you who are ahead of me, and I have spoken to you, and I can, if you ever see me standing in front of you going, staring at you, or seem to be, it's, be, it's because I see it. It's kind of, I'm not sniffing you, but I'm sniffing the thing that's on you. It's like, I don't understand what you're saying, but I'm sensing something that I want to know more about. So if I do that to you, I'm not going to apologize. I'm just hungry, so I just want to encourage you to keep going. And I want you to help us cultivate a community here which really values God's presence and that we learn how to move with him, fully loving him and fully loving his body, fully honoring him and fully honoring his body, 
and fully functioning in him and fully functioning in his body as a body. I want this church, I want this city, I want this city to be a kingdom culture functioning place. I'm, I'm bursting out. Here we go. Right, anyway, so there are some spiritual giants that have gone before us and I want to climb over their shoulders and I'm just so thankful that they fought battles for us and I'm thankful that I haven't had to learn this all from day one and I'm just soaking up anybody that's coming at me with this sort of stuff but also I want, I want to do something and I want to encourage you to do the same that we're going to leave a legacy for our children for their grandchildren and for their great-grandchildren so that this thing completely accelerates so you're not just muddling through your little life God has got something massive. That's why today I just think, God, I can't actually believe you're doing this. I am living a dream. And there have been dark times in my life where I thought I was up a cuckoo tree, dreaming nonsense. But I'm telling you, it's coming, and it's what we're all called to. So Father God's desire really is to bring freedom to captives so that we are all free to feel and to see and to hear and sense what the Holy Spirit's doing and that we can all move forward in his plans and purposes. So when heaven invades Glasgow through these churches and all the churches in Glasgow, the world is going to notice. So come on. So I want to share something of this journey that I've been on. Okay, so I don't know if you've got your Bibles with you. It's usually a good idea. If you haven't, jot a little scripture down because you want to go and have a look at this a bit later. It's in Genesis 4. Now, Adam knew Eve, so diplomatic, and she conceived and bore Cain, and I had, she had acquired a son from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time a brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought his firstborn of his flock and of the fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain had a moment. He was very angry. And in that moment, his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you. But you should rule over it. This scripture, just to me, is an early demonstration of something that God wants us to grasp. There is something at the door waiting. Something comes in, and in that moment, something happens. Right at the outset of the the story, the word of God that God's given us, here are some instructions. God was giving Cain an opportunity to ask and answer some questions. He was asking him to discern an atmosphere. He was asking him to stop and think, what is going on here? He was bringing a warning and a reality that Cain failed to notice for himself. Cain wouldn't receive help from Father God, who was still loving him. He wasn't angry and he wasn't rejecting him. He was still speaking to him and he was still helping him. 
But Cain didn't see and he wouldn't listen. And then he allowed a feeling to come over him and his countenance changed. And then this affected his actions and there were disastrous results. I just want you to hold on to that story because it's going to mean something as I start to go forward. I want you to notice there was an enemy strategy parked at Cain's door and he didn't see it. He was resisting relationship. It could have brought instruction and strength to help him in his moment if only he'd been willing to bravely communicate at that moment. But instead, the anger overtook him and it changed him and he acted out of that anger and he partnered with it. He blindly aligned himself and his actions to that thing that had come over him and there was the disaster. Do we think that Cain felt or saw or sensed anything before he reacted? Do we? Probably not. And did he understand that God had good intentions? Probably not. And it leaves you wondering exactly what is it that we're supposed to be ruling over and how are we supposed to do it? I wonder if there is something in the air or an atmosphere that could have been discerned. Is there something around that I'm supposed to be discerning? Is there something that I could be made aware of? I'd like you now to look at Ephesians 6 verse 10, which says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. He's got schemes. Now, this is not your cue to get all paranoid and allow fear to come and overtake you. But it is just a cue to wake up. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers and against powers, against the world forces of this darkness of this age, against spiritual forces and wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand, resist the evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet in preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you'll be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Sorry, I'm just getting a bit excited. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. You just have to bear with me. I keep having these moments. I do get slightly excited when I start hearing this thing because it's, it's resonating with something that is beaten inside me. So bear with me. Um, no, I won't apologize. Okay, there we go. Right, verse 12. Verse 12 says, we do not wrestle with flesh and blood. So what are we fighting? Do we see it? Do we feel it? Do we believe it? When I was preparing this week, I had a vision. Now, I can't actually believe I'm saying these words because I have previously thought I don't do that sort of thing, but I had a vision. And I had a vision that we were all here in this room and there was, news came in, that there was a marauding army on its way here, specifically here, to, Ho to Hope Church in this building. Now, here we are, three or four floors up. We've got an elevated position, and we hear the news, and we all ran to the window to see what we could see. Some people saw it, some people didn't. And there are those of us that didn't. It's like, what are you all talking about? I don't see anything. 
I don't see anything. And last week, for those of you who were here, there was a ministry time where God showed us that there were weapons hanging around that he was wanting to give us, lying on the floor, and I saw them hanging in the air, waiting for our moment to pick them up. And in that moment of an invading army, there were choices. Can I see it? Do I believe it? Am I going to do anything about it? And will I know how to do? And I feel that that kind of sums up a little bit of what I'm talking about. What would have happened if, in my little vision, if we hadn't picked up weapons and hadn't fought, hadn't protected the weaker ones, hadn't sent our ones with sight to go and deal with the thing? What would have happened? We would have been overtaken. So I just thought I would throw that one in. It wasn't really part of the preach, but I thought it was worth mentioning. So today, I want to help you connect with the fact that there are supernatural forces that do attach themselves to natural things, and they do have a direct influence on our mood and our behavior. Modern society have become masters of creating false atmospheres. Films, they create a false atmosphere that we can enter into. Good films do really well if they, they, they succeed in making us feel laughter, Suspense, gooey, floaty, unreal feelings. It's just an illustration. We're going to shopping malls and shopping complexes, and the marketing masters have been there before us, creating an atmosphere that, with lighting and layout and signage and smells and deals. And they all create an atmosphere that they hope is going to make you shop. They want you to go faster, they want you to go slower, they want you to relax. They want you not to concentrate, they want to confuse you, they want to bamboozle you, they want to stir up a buying frenzy with the must-have, must-have. I used to play a game with my kids when they were wee, because, just because. And it was called Spot the Lie in advertising and marketing, because I wanted to make them aware there were things going on. I say, what's the lie in that advert? That if you wear this, you'll be more beautiful and more successful? Or if you do this, you'll have all the success you want? But atmospheres are created. I'm I'm just showing you an illustration. There are lies going on in our atmospheres that we're not even aware. And if you partner with them, it brings death and destruction. So atmosphere can and does directly influence our mood and our behavior. And most of us can accept that this happens in a natural environment. But how many of us, I have to put both hands up at this point, how many of us have or have had hang-ups in accepting that this could possibly be going on in heavenly realms, that there could be things going on up there, in there, that directly influence the way I behave? I've had those hang-ups. I still have those hang-ups from time to time. Don't be ridiculous. It's just a feeling. I just ate something wrong, or that person just doesn't like me, or whatever. Um, So I've had great difficulty, difficulty with this, but the Holy Spirit is a great teacher, and he will show me the truth if I ask him to. I'm not gonna ask the Holy Spirit and lead me up a gum tree, or as I say, the the cobbled stone to nutterdom, which is sometimes how I feel I'm going, but there was a time in my life where I absolutely saw nothing, heard nothing, felt nothing, and believed nothing except a theory that I gave my life for. I lived for that theory passionately, i.e., I believed the word of God. Full stop. My spiritual walk was defined by what I studied and what I learned from the Bible. 
That was a safe place, but it was only part of what Father God wanted me to know. My previous church culture had unknowingly trained me that experiential hearing, feeling, sensing God was really second rate to the word of God. And my conclusion was that this other place was a bit unsafe and I wasn't going to go there because I always wanted to feel safe and I was the master of control, so I wasn't going there. So I kept a respectful distance from anything that I didn't understand and it was a very easy formula that kept me safe and captive and a prisoner. Don't get me wrong. If God speaks, it is going to resonate with what he says in the Bible. And if it doesn't, that's time to search out elders, those of you more mature in their faith who know the Bible, and ask them to discern that what you think you might be hearing might be God. This is called practicing. This is called learning his ways. This is learning to discern spiritual things, and it's also called wisdom. I want to just state out up there in front that the study of the word of God is extremely important. 2 Timothy 3, 10 to 17 encourage us to devote ourselves to the study of the word because that is what's going to keep you right. So you can't chase one and not devote yourself to the other. You must do this in tandem. Always ask the Holy Spirit to come and open your eyes to see what he's saying rather than hiding behind what you hope the Bible means. It's a very, very uncomfortable feeling to discover that you've understood the word of God. Believe me, I know, and I'm getting very used to that feeling. So back there in Ephesians 6, it clearly states that there are principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of witnesses, and they're all in heavenly places. And that is where our battle lies. How much of our time is spent in our, with our mental, physical, and emotional time and energy fighting or working things out in ourselves or with other people or other situations. I have to be honest, a lot of my time has been spent doing that. So if natural elements can directly affect and influence our mood and our emotions and actions, what goes on then in heavenly realms can also touch and influence our minds, our body, and our spirit. I had a great story this week about a young Christian who um, was discovering something. Now, accepting that music is a really strong atmosphere carrier, it's a real powerful creative force. The, this young fella, as a musician, really appreciates the finer things of music. They hear things that most of us just don't hear when it comes to music. New Christian and they're devoted to hearing excellent music, not anything that us mere mortals would notice that there is a difference, but there's a difference apparently. And so he has spent a lot of his life listening to excellent music. And then he came into a worship setting and he said, I know what it feels like when music sets the hair on the back of my head on end. I know that feeling, but there's something else going on in here. There's something else. And he described it a bit like a tingling blanket that was being wrapped around him. And then he went on to tell me that he was testing this out. So he went off and listened to his previously technically excellent music that would normally have set his hair on end. I thought, well, it's good. And then he trotted back and listened to some more worship-type music. And there was that feeling again. 
And I got so excited when I heard this story because I thought, here is a baby who's never been taught. But he's sensing something of a supernatural, he's sensing something supernatural that's attached itself to a natural thing. It just really excited me. So um, I've spent a lot of my life picking up atmospheres. And I have despised it because it's left me, I haven't valued it, I haven't understood it. And I've chosen to believe that intellectual understanding was far more important than anything that I might sense, feel, or hear. Um, and it's had a pretty profound effect on my life in a, in a not very positive way. But God is calling us all to grow in our gifting and grow in our character. Learning to train and handle these gifts in equal measure is so important. And it, it prevents disappointment, frustration, injury to others when you like PC plod with your size 13s and your gifting, plunking around the place with great enthusiasm, completely oblivious to what you might be doing to anyone else. If that's you, it's time to have a little look at the character thing so that you train both bits together, that you're functioning in your gifting and in your character so that you're not like... Um, a man with a fat leg and a thin leg, hobbling about, sometimes going around in circles, not going very far, not being very effective. God is calling us all to move forward in not just your intellectual understanding. You all have gifts. You all have something of heaven deposited in you that is instrumental in bringing heaven into the communities, into the atmosphere that we live. So... Not knowing or seeing or not understanding what the Holy Spirit is up to can leave you, as it felt left me, feeling like the weird one in the room. Just feeling funny and not understanding it. And I have agreed with the voices in my head that tells me that there's absolutely nothing wrong with everybody else, but everything wrong with me. But praise God, the Holy Spirit is a superior spirit and I've got somewhere to go with these thoughts and feelings and so do you. I'm confident now that I do hear and see and feel him. And so can you. So can you. He wants to be known by you. And he wants you to see. He wants you to feel. He wants you to hear. He wants you to rule over, take authority that Jesus has given you. Um, so atmospheres are not powerless. They're not empty spaces. There are things going on around your life that are carrying something from somewhere else. We have this saying, don't we, that sometimes you wake up and feel you've just got out of the bed the wrong side. It's just a bad day. I want to tell you that you need to get your bed up the right wall. There is no wrong side of the bed with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. There just is not. But you have a moment have you ever been intimidated when you hear Christians say, oh yes, I wake up and I invite the Lord to come and speak to me and I welcome him into my day and I ask him to have my way and I go away feeling, oh my goodness, what are you? You're either mad or I'm mad. But I just want you to brush off that thought in your head. You partner with a thought in that moment that that's for someone else. You can have your bed parked by the right wall every morning. Get up. Holy Spirit, I just need you today to show me what I'm not seeing. 
I want you to show me and I want you to help me come over the things that are in my atmosphere today. So Good Morning Holy Spirit was the title of a book a long time ago, a very good book. Um, it's a good habit actually, even if you don't know what it means. I just dare you to pray it. I just dare you. Every morning you wake up, bathroom mirror, preening your hair, cleaning your teeth. Oh, Holy Spirit. I just welcome you into my day. Try it and come and tell me what happens. So to train our senses, rule over spiritual powers, rulers of principalities, invite the Holy Spirit in. Allow him to show you. Allow him to teach you how to understand and act accordingly. If Jesus only ever did what he saw the Father doing, does it lead you to believe that he was seeing something and hearing something and sensing something and then acting out of what he was seeing there, not what he was seeing in the here and now? It's just a great model to follow. If you ask the Holy Spirit to show you, you are not kissing your brains goodbye. He will always show up, always show up. He always does, always does. You can speak to him and know that you're not just making up the answers. There are three voices that you can hear in your head. Yours, the Godhead, and the enemy. And this is spiritual, but it does happen in your head. For those of you who think, I don't hear anything, this goes on in your head. And there are three voices. It's your spirit, your soul, mind, and your body. It's the whole being. And you need to train your senses so you know which one you are hearing and which one you are listening to and which one you're partnering with. How many of you are aware at all times what you're partnering with? We can and we sometimes do partner with schemes of the enemy when fear grips us. Do you think that God's afraid of sin? No, he's not, because love casts out fear. He's a God of love. What partnerships are we going to make when we're in the presence of fear? I make them all the time. And God is training me to not do that. It's a very steep learning curve. If you're not open to hear the Holy Spirit, you are rendering yourself powerless against the atmospheres that affect and govern your life. You're acting blind, essentially. We need to devote more time to learning. And the more that you devote yourself to it, the more you're going to clock this. And the more you clock it, the more you're going to deal with it. And the more you deal with it, the free you're going to become. And where the Spirit of God is, there's freedom. There is absolutely no better place to be. It really, really distresses me and has done all my life. And I'm beginning to understand why. When I see fear and I see bondage and captivity ruling the lives of people, and whole, it, 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 captivates, it, it captivates in the wrong sense. It locks them in, locks them down. It prevents God's intentions being borne out. It, it, I can't tell you how passionate I feel about that. And I've not always known how to master that or how to work that out, but it, it burns inside me so much, and it burns in me for all of you. you know, I want all of you to see this. I want all of your friends to see this. I want everybody you work with to come into an experience and a knowledge of this so that heaven leaks and the power starts to be released. So the Holy Spirit wants to breathe his spirit through you. 
Um, it really is just so exciting. Let's release kingdom culture in Glasgow. We've been given authority to do this, it says in Luke 10. Behold, I've given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions. Mental, physical, and emotional strength is giving you to do it, um, to come over all the power that the enemy possesses, and nothing, and nothing will harm you. Have you ever felt that feeling of panic when you're a bit lost? Um, and um, do you find that music and films move you? But there's some of you that it doesn't, don't worry. Um, have you ever been the person on the prayer line that feels nothing? Some people not being very honest in here. Um, um, so, come on. How many of you have been on the prayer line and thought, I cannot feel you, God? I cannot see you, God? In fact, I'm not even sure that you're there. Anybody? Yeah, we've all been there. Don't worry about it. Proverbs 25 says, Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down with walls. If I have no rule over my spirit, anything can blow over me and through me and blow me down. So first thing, we need to discern the atmosphere. This is the hardest thing, I think, to learn to begin with. And it really helps in this process to connect with people who already feel and see and hear. Relationship matters so much. It helps you to bring into the light what's really going on on the inside of you with safe people. I'm not asking you to share it with people who are not safe. But in relationship, it helps you. And you can check things out. I'm thinking this. I'm feeling this. Is this me? Or is this something that just happens to be going on in the air, in the atmosphere? We need to open up our belief system that there could possibly be something out there that's bigger than us that we can walk and carry under. We can be under that thing and acting it out. When you have relationships that you can share some of these things in, it means that you're not devoting your whole life to fighting with yourself in isolation, and that you can then take authority over this thing that's coming in on you. There are spiritual forces released in the atmosphere called unbelief, confusion, discouragement, impurity, and they are released so that they come over you to prevent you from receiving what heaven wants to bring to you. I'd just like a little show of hands. How many people in the last one, two, three, or perhaps four weeks have had a really shocking time? Really? I would have expected more. Really shocking. I just want to say to you, Things are released in heavenly places that prevent you from receiving and engaging what God has in mind. As a church and as a community and as lots of other churches that we're relating with, we are all sensing that God is taking us forward to something that we've only dreamed of. And something is released that stops us engaging, stops us receiving. Julian Adams is coming up next week to serve us, to come and bless us. And I wonder how many people think, I'm too tired, I'm too busy, I can't do it, can't go there. Stuff has come in and we've just come under it and thought, I'm not going there. And you're not going to receive. 
is a strategy released to stop you from receiving. I just want to point that out. The enemy really tries to bring us under condemnation before we get to a place where we can engage and where the Holy Spirit can turn the lights on. How many of you know that the darkest hour comes just before the breakthrough? I'm 48 now, and I'm beginning to really get this. <laughs> um, I really hope you don't have to get to 48 before you get this, but there is definitely something in that. Um, now, in this spirit realm, we can be very, very sensitive to things that we've never had to struggle with and never got, because you smell it and you see it and you think, I see that thing there and that's easy, but the things that you have struggled with, the things that come over you a lot, you don't notice. So for me, it's things like tiredness or weariness or confusion. I find that God has placed inside me a real curious spirit but then I get very confused very easily, and then I agree that I don't have a brain that's big enough to handle this stuff, and I don't get it, and then I don't get it, because I've partnered with it and thought, I can't do it. So th there are those things that are out there, and when you're sensitive to them, the relationships that you have will help. When you see something on someone else, we, we have such a self-defense culture. Don't come near me. I'm scared of you. I'm scared of what you're going to say to me. I'm not sure if I really agree with that gifting that's in you. And we stand back. But actually, I want to urge you to step forward. It is scary, but step forward. Allow relationships to come so that the gifting that's in others, when they see something on you that's not you, and they're able to say, I know you. This is not you. I'm not having that thing. Let me pray for you. Let me break that thing off you so that you're free to move on. But we live so scared that somebody else is going to think something worse or better. or We're just living in isolation, and you're really, really powerless. I want to talk to you about a little bit about a tool that we use in Sozo Ministry, but it's really, I just think it's so great for life. We call it checking yourself at the door. When in any given moment, at any point in any day, what, Holy Spirit, what is it that is on me right now? What is it? And when you see it, you say this, I see you, and you are going down, boy. I am not going to have confusion. I am not going to have tiredness and weariness. My body might be tired and weary, but I'm not talking about my body being tired and weary. And I'm not talking about mind over matter. I'm not talking about being sensible or not being sensible. I'm talking about discerning a spiritual realm. When you see something or someone else sees something in you and you have a relationship that hears it, you say, I see you. I see you and I know where you came from and I refuse to partner with you and I send you right back right now because I have the authority that Jesus Christ has given me and I send you back and I won't partner with you and I'm not having you in my life. So, checking yourself, checking yourself, checking yourself. Just, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just try it. What have you got to lose? Just try it. When I started out on this journey, you know, I had a few flaky friends who I am so grateful for now. And I listened to a little bit of advice that says, attach yourself to a flaky friend and see what it is they're seeing. You know, I don't think I'm that flaky, but perhaps I am. And I just want to honor my more flaky friends, some who are sitting in this room. And I want to thank you because you gave me courage 
to have a go. And this morning, I want to give you courage to have a go. Ask the Holy Spirit, what is this thing that's operating around me? What have I partnered with? What am I agreeing with? What am I acting out? Discerning really is the hardest bit of the process. Um, But in that moment, you get a chance to partner to sin and not. You need to discern and check it out. I've already said, once you've seen it, you address it with the authority that Jesus has given you. This thing has no power. It comes with a feeling. This week, tell you, the last two weeks have been probably the most terrifying of my life because I have felt sick. I sat in the preaching last week, clammy, 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 going, oh God, oh God, oh God, I can't do this, can't do this, can't do this. And there am I agreeing with that thing saying that I can't do it. And and I felt terrible. The feelings were overwhelming me. To say that I have felt unwell is a little bit of an understatement. My family, I've had to live with an interesting scene. Um, me on the carpet going, I know that Andy Merrick loves me. I know the leadership in this church will release me from this moment. I don't have to do this. No, I don't have to do it. I don't have to do it. I don't have to do it. Jan, you don't have to do it. Hang on a minute. What is going on in that moment? What is this thing? And I'm telling you, I'm not just doing this. I'm not telling you this story, go Jan. I'm telling you so you can identify with something, that something comes on you in a moment. It comes on you in a moment, and in that moment, Holy Spirit, what is this? What is this thing, and why? Why does that come? The enemy comes like a luring rind to seek, kill, destroy, stop. Stop what? His kingdom being released and established in the place that you are. And I just so passionately, desperately want you to hear this. You have authority to come against that thing. You see it for what it is, and you refuse to partner with it. And you take all your feelings and, and all that goes with it. I have felt so ridiculously unwell, but I've chosen to believe what the Holy Spirit was telling me. My feelings were more convincing than what the Holy Spirit was telling me. I have to be honest, and you'll find that. But dare, just do it. Just give it a go and see what God's going to unleash everywhere. It's just very exciting. Once you have identified it and addressed it and sent it back, then this is where the power comes in. You release the Holy Spirit that's in you. You release the opposite spirit that was coming to you and you start to partner with that. I want to say The Holy Spirit is not out there. It's not something that you're calling from the far horizons of your life. The Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is in you. And in that moment, you've sent the enemy packing and you invite the Holy Spirit to release the opposite thing in your life. It will change the atmosphere. It shifts atmosphere. When you start to do that, you felt fear, you felt paralyzed, you felt sick, you've counted yourself out on a million reasons why you can't. You've counted yourself out because of all the discredits that you feel you've got against your name. But the minute that you release the opposite spirit, it pushes back that atmosphere. And when you're going about your life, 
you need to try it. First of all, do it for yourself, because you can't give it to anybody else. You can't, you can't operate out with yourself. Do it in your own world. But you start to do that in the place that you work, the place that you go to school, the university, your family. Your family, that's a good one to start with. Your family, it's like, I see you. I'm not having you in my home. I'm not having you in my family. Your plans will not succeed. This, I am the king's daughter. This is the king's family. His plans and purposes are over my family. I will not have this thing. I will not have this thing. And you start to raise, Holy Spirit, would you just come and release life into this place? And what happens is it shifts an atmosphere. You start talking like that with your friends. I had a friend say to me this week, it really blessed me because I was feeling really pretty dire. And she said, I wish I could just put you in a bottle, shake you up and just take you with me wherever you go. And it's like, what are you talking about? And I thought, I know what you're talking about. That is heaven. That is Holy Spirit. That is this thing that I'm trying to share with you, that um, just to train you to, you release something. Back in Ephesians, I would like you to go, I'm running out of time now, but we have great Bible teachers that will talk to you more about what the full armor of God is like. But where it says stand firm and then stand, I want you to make a prophetic declaration over your life. Do everything you can to stand and then stand. This is a prophetic declaration. I just love what the Holy Spirit's doing. It's great to see atmosphere shift and heaven come in. I love to, I love to see it where a marauding army comes in and thinks it's going to win. We have a little thing in our family. This land is my land. This land is my land. And when it, this land is your land. Your life, your family, your gifting is God's land. And we will not let the enemy take it. You must not let the enemy take it. And I want to invite you, encourage you really now just to invite the Holy Spirit to come and show you what it is that you have been partnering with. What is this thing that's been on you? When you get up in the morning, get up with hope. It shifts atmosphere. It releases something. Jesus sent a helper, which is the Holy Spirit, and he always trades up. Always, always trades up. When he sends the Holy Spirit, it's meant to be a powerhouse in your life. So I just want to encourage you not to buy into the junk, to release the kingdom wherever you are. And I want to say to you, surely goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy will follow you every day of your life. It will. Truth is discerning the atmosphere. It's knowing what's good and what's evil. And knowing that what you came in with, you're not going out with today. I just want to invite the Holy Spirit just to come now. I need to draw this to a close, sadly, but maybe I'll be back. I just want where you are now. I just want you to invite the Holy Spirit just to come and show you that thing that you've been partnering with. Holy Spirit, would you just come and show us what it is that we have partnered to and given power to in our lives. For those of you that 
have really struggled with this realm of self-talk, bad talk, voices in your head telling you you're rubbish, that you'll never amount to anything. I just want you to stand to your feet. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would come right now and that you would open blind eyes and that you would unblock deaf ears and that Holy Spirit, you would show us you would show us our senses. You would show us your ways. Holy Spirit, that you would come and be our master teacher. Father, that you would bring release to us. Lord God, that you would release captives in this place. God, my heart's desire is that you would release captives here. You would release captives across Glasgow. That you would release captives all over the churches in Glasgow. Father, that you would release heaven on earth. Father, I pray in the days and the week that comes, Lord God, that you would minister to each one of us really personally. Father, that we would see what it is that you're doing. God, that you would deposit courage in our very hearts, Lord God, that we would dare to believe you, that we would dare, dare to put our little hands in your big hand and we would allow you to lead us to this place that you're going. Father, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for this exciting journey. Thank you, Lord, that you never allowed the light to go out. And even in that darkest hour, you spoke life. And right now, I speak life. I speak life. I speak freedom. And I declare, this is the Lord's land. These are the Lord's children. And heaven will display its glory through them, in them, and across this city. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you'd go away with us now, Father, that you would speak to us. God, that anything that has been spoken or shared in worship, in prophetic pictures, in anything that I might have shared, Father, would you see to it, that you put a seal over that thing, seal it into the hearts of these men and these women that they might find the freedom and the release, Lord God, and the excitement of walking with you, the excitement of releasing what you're putting in them to others. God, together, we just draw a line in the sand and we say, enemy, we see you. This far and no further. And Holy Spirit, we just ask you to come and just release freedom and healing and restoration that your plans and purposes will be performed in these people and in this place. I ask now in Jesus' name. Amen.